Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boost Her, conversations designed to inspire you, me, and her. I'm your host, Nia Mason, and Black History Month continues with Koya Wilson joining us in the Booster Club today. Entering into a new space as creative strategist for Los Angeles agency, Crown & Conquer, Koya talks to us about the storytelling aspect of her role, the obstacles from her previous role that led her to this very welcome new territory, and the power of her no. Koya highlights the inspiration she pulls from the people she interacts with day to day, to her mother, to a random woman she might see walking down the street, and she shares with us how witnessing others owning their authentic self only amplifies her desire to show up authentically every day. Lastly, Koya shares what Black History Month means to her and the importance of normalizing a Black History celebration every day, every month, every year. This is a brand new role. How did you find yourself in this job and how does it differ from what you were previously doing? So to start from what I was previously doing, I was always storytelling, but I wasn't given the title and the positioning to do so. As one of my favorite rappers says, I was elbowing my way into the room and telling these stories and making sure that other people who were leading these different projects were telling these stories. Now somebody's opening the door for me to come in and pulling out the seat for me to tell the story. But before it was just like me picking the locker, kicking it open and being like, y'all tell the stories in here. Everybody wants things, not everybody, but a lot of people want things to just be smooth. I grow the most through like challenges and problem solving. And what led me here was challenges and frustration. I had to be in a position where my input wasn't valuable in order for me to recognize when it was. I was at a brand and I was doing some storytelling. I was having influence. I was making some things happen, but I was just being met with a lot of resistance. I wasn't welcomed to do it. And you get tired of that fight of what I'm bringing to the table is not hurting. It's actually helping. To me, it was about positioning. I can do it whether you put me in position or not, but I can do so much more if I'm in position. And I just realized that nobody was passing me the ball. I was like having to steal it or get the rebound and like make the play. And I was like, I need to be a part of a team where like I'm a part of the offense. You can acknowledge me and say good game and et cetera, but it's like, my points contributed to our win. You didn't assist any of them. It's like, how much more successful could we have been if y'all actually passed me the ball? So was it a matter of you like looking or was someone like, hey, there's this great opportunity? I mean, you moved cities for this role. Somebody actually put me on to the role and was like, hey, did you hear about this? I hadn't. I wasn't familiar. To me, I was very intentional about what I was looking to do because I knew that where I was, I wasn't being fulfilled. To be candid, I wasn't happy. And so I didn't want to run away from what I was in. I wanted to run to something. Like I wanted it to be good. Whereas I'm not running away from that. And then I, same situation, different brand. I want to run to something that feels good. That feels right. When I looked at their work, I was like, Ooh, you talking to me right now. (laughs) It felt really chill and organic, just how it all came together. It was really weird because I pushed hard for a lot of other things previously that didn't pan out. And this just kind of flowed. I didn't have to force anything. What contributes to that feeling where you're staying too long? 
ultimately for me was investment. Whether it's a personal relationship or business relationship, I realized that every time I stayed too long is because I kept thinking because I invested so much that if I just push a little harder, I can get a return on that investment. Or if I wait a little longer, if I work a little harder, or if I do this or this or that, it just don't work like that. That's what ends up keeping me longer is I invested so much. I invested all this time. I put in all this work. The work that we were doing was groundbreaking. Monumental. Yeah. Monumental. Absolutely. Who wants to walk away from that? Even though it's hard, hard as hell, but who wants to walk away from potentially making history, right? But at the same time, you know, when you realize that's not enough, especially if you're not, again, being positioned or valued for that. I remember, you know, I called you and was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> make me feel better about this. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that was another thing is my team needs me just as much as I need them to see these things through and et cetera. And that's hard to walk away from. Like everybody wasn't gun ho about making change. It wasn't many of us in comparison to what we were going up against. But to me, just to have the people that we had really fighting for that, I'm like, man, if it's worth fighting for, all right, I'm going to be in this thing. You touched on it just for a quick second that you picked up some tools. And I'm sure every time you actually do decide to leave a situation where you felt like you stayed too long, you pick out, okay, I stayed too long, but at least I picked out these little lessons. Or like you said, I had these tools. Elaborate on what those lessons are, what those tools are when you finally do step away from what isn't for you anymore. I think one of the biggest tools I learned is the power of your no and being able to walk away from something. For instance, there was a point, and I'm sure a lot of companies and brands are doing this, where they're like overworking their black talent, asking them to overextend themselves. And I remember getting to a point where I was like, no. You are looking to me to solve something for you. And if you're not providing me with what I need, then I'm going to hit you with a no because y'all will replace me in a second. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not about to break my back doing the most for people who got us in this situation in the first place, for a system that got us in this situation in the first place. This is one of our concerns. You're overworking us. You're asking us to overextend. And you're asking me to do this even more in the spirit of to make this place better. No, this is part of the problem. And so I'm going to say no now, because when I say no, now you have to figure out a different way. And I think a lot of times people are scared to say no or don't want to say no. And that's what's keeping things the same is because until you say no, until everybody puts a wall up and shuts down, there's no reason to change anything. And then just learning the power of your voice as well and how you can really use that. Really just seeing how that power works on such a large level for the work that, you know, I was doing at the brand last, that definitely made me say, oh, this is a tool that I need to really use moving forward. When women start saying no, they start realizing their power. Mm-hmm. One thing you said that really struck me Rest is revolution for Black women. <laughs> yes. I was like, I need that on t-shirt. <laughs> yes. I didn't make that up. I don't take credit for it. Someone else was mentioning it to me, and I was like, how many of us do we know 
that don't take the time out to rest. We just mm-hmm. in the revolution. We just in the revolution. We constantly in the fight. For you to rest is the revolution because we know you're going to fight, but are you going to rest and recharge yourself and take care of yourself? Realizing how important rest is is something that I've only recently learned. And so when you said that, I was like, oh my God. Listen, I'm still learning it because I grew up in a house where my mom, other people was going on vacation, my mama was working overtime. And it wasn't until later in life when my mom started enjoying things. She bought a car that she wanted and she started years later after that, finally taking vacations. When you grow up in that, you condition yourself to think that like, oh, you can't do that until you're this age. You feel guilty for it to do those things now. The hangups that we have, man. Right after you started this role that you're currently in, you and I talked about the importance of working for a company that you feel lines up with your belief system. And we talked about the valuing and the positioning the employees properly, what you value as right and wrong, making sure you're within a company that doesn't really clash with that. Talk to me about why you feel this is important and the things that can happen when you work for a company where those things do clash. Let's start with working where they do clash because to wake up every day with that conflict, that is heavy. And you don't realize how heavy something is until you put it down. I remember early on, before I actually joined, and this is what a lot of people do, and you'll see it like, you know, I used to be the face of the previous brand I worked for, and I would like do these little write-ups and things of why you came here and all this other stuff, right? And I said, because I saw the challenges and the problems, and I wanted to be a part of the change. So I signed up for the shenanigans, right? Knowing the class, you signed I up knowing it. I knew it. <laughs> And then I got there and I was like, ooh, (laughs) I am not aligned. To sit in that for years and know that you're not aligned and then finally go in a place where it does. Because, I mean, let me tell you, we have disagreements. We go back and forth, all the things where I am now. But we are aligned when it comes to things that matter. All that creative stuff and creative direction and we can argue that all day, but when it comes to our community, our people, how you going to represent us, how you going to talk to us, how you going to talk for us, we are aligned <laughs> 1,000%. Nobody's shaky on that. And that is a weight, like I said, until you put it down, you don't realize how much it weighed on you. You have to experience carrying the load and putting it down to really understand what it does to you to carry it and how much it just like frees you to put it down. This is my thing. I had to come face to face with is this energy that I'm putting in vain that could have been going into something that I could really build and make a difference with. Black people specifically in corporate America have to come to grips with the fact of like, can I change this for real? I can make changes, but can I change it? That's different. Those are two different things. You think of who helped shape the Koya that sits before me today. You were like, I can attribute this to people I've never met in a day in my life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was such an interesting thing to say. What did you mean by that? And then that aside, who is it that you credit with molding and shaping the Koya today? People I don't know. It could be a stranger or at work. It could be anywhere. And I'm like, she killing it. Like, yes. (laughs) 
on already. Like truly admire us, all of the many forms that we take and the ways that we show up. I just love when people show up authentically. I love when they portray us authentically. Another thing that I love is when, when we are unapologetic. I get inspired by people like, I don't never want to do what she did. But <laughs> the fact that she did it the way she did it inspired me to do what I need to do. <laughs> Listen, there are a lot of things that annoy me about my mama. As most kids can say that about their mama. But one thing my mama don't do is bite her tongue. And I got that. Flawed and all. I can still find things, especially in black women, where I'm just like, that's dope. Like, for instance, when we were working and we were doing the monumental work that we were doing, I remember like there was one time you wrote this like long email or whatever. And I was just sitting there like, she wrote the hell out of this. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was eloquent. This is how you articulate yourself. You know what I'm saying? To me, when people show up in their form, like you can tell when people are showing up. It's just all dope to me, like all the little details. You know, I wrote that email because of what you said in that meeting. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. When people show up fully, it inspires other people to show up. It was something I said. And then when I look at what you wrote, then I'm like, oh, now I got it. You know what I'm saying? It's just a beautiful cycle. People think that they're supposed to show up a certain way. And no, you're not. Offer the world what you have. You have your own tools. I have my own tools. I believe in the quote, your gift will make room for you. The way you write, and I'm a writer, but I don't write like you write. I love when people show up with their gifts and use them as tools and weapons to fight a good fight. Switching gears just a little bit, you and I feel similarly about the way our educational systems desensitize Black history. And it's so easy to get caught up in the surface level understanding or thought process surrounding black history. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, what is it that pops into your head when you think about this month? So you want to know how I view it. I want to know how you view this month. It's not different for me, to be honest. Any other month. I'm celebrating blackness every damn day. I don't feel anything different. I love our culture so much that I'm looking at y'all Oh yeah. there, like what y'all doing to celebrate <laughs> right now? Because I'm doing it all the time. But where y'all at? And where y'all at in March and then April and November and you know all the things. That's good. That's a great way to enter into the last question before we enter our booster up segment because you all episode have done such a great job of paying tribute to some of the giants in your life and black history and black culture and black people. What does being a Black woman mean to you? What do you love about you as a Black woman? I like that everybody want to be us. The thing that I love most about being a Black woman is that women, shoot, some men too, like people want to be Black women, but can't handle being us. But at the same time, don't want to give the Black women credit. You know, in spite of all of us, people trying to slight us, people taking credit for our magic, all the things, there's nothing like us. We're so beautiful. And I just mean that in every way, aesthetically down to like our essence and what we represent. We are always on the front lines of whatever the cause is. I love it. We got an essence that doesn't show up anywhere else. I can't think of a better way to head into our last segment. Each booster that steps into the booster club gets asked the same two questions 
In our first two months, we've had a variety of solid answers. I know you're going to keep the trend going for us. To start, what has been your career-defining moment so far? I'm in it right now. I'm working through it. This is different for me. So I'm an extremely spiritual person. So I was watching TV Jakes yesterday. That's my online bishop right now in the pandemic. He was just talking about just how when you're in your moment, you can't go back to who you were, but you're also in this new unfamiliar territory and you can't relate to where you are. I feel like I'm there now. That's why I say this is my career defining moment because it's like, yeah, I'm familiar with certain stories and this and that or whatever. But the space that I'm in and the energy and everything, this is unfamiliar territory. If you're truly growing, if you're leveling up and going into that next thing, it should not feel familiar or comfortable. And I just look at my life like that, like where I am right now, it's like, once you bet on yourself, like you can't go back and be what you were like you can go back but you'll never be what you were before it's so unfamiliar and it's so different and new but also intriguing and inspiring etc and i feel all of these things all of these which you would think are conflicting things i feel them all at the same time and that's why i say that i know i'm in that moment right now because it's so different and dynamic right now so stay tuned. Thanks. So ask me this in a year. Yep, I will. <laughs> Lastly, if there is anything you can let the younger you know before embarking on this path that you're on now, what would you say to her? It's just about being present and then just trusting the process that this is happening for a reason. This is not a mistake. It's not a glitch. <laughs> it's all purposeful. And it don't feel like that either. Bishop Jenks said yesterday, I know we're going down a different lane right now, but he said the moment never announces itself. Moments that have been like defining for me. I didn't know I was in that moment. You just look back at stuff and you'd be like, man, I'm this because of that. My young self had to go through a whole lot of moments (laughs) to be who I am now. And I'm going to have to go through some moments to be who I'm going to be next. What you said is perfect. This isn't a mistake. This isn't a glitch. We all need to hear that. But you know, when you were younger, you thought the world was crumbling or this was the end of the world when something... Your world will crumble a bunch of times. And then you you get on the other side, you be like, oh, okay. So it's another day and another chance to do whatever. Young Koya has to figure it out, just like (laughs) old Koya's figuring it out. I'm serious. Young Koya got to figure it out. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Boost Her, conversations designed to inspire you, me, and her. To stay connected to Koya and all of the amazing things she's doing in the creative space, she'll be featured throughout our Instagram page. So go ahead and give us a follow at boost her podcast all one word and be sure to leave us a comment letting us know what you thought of today's episode while we're always celebrating black history here in the booster club our black history month celebration concludes next week with an episode you won't want to miss again thank you for tuning in to boost her where we will happily pull up a seat at the table for you as a reminder that while individually we may be great collectively we are magic <laughs>